Hey guys, it's Chad. Before we jump into this next episode, we have some much overdue thanks that I forgot to include at the end, like an idiot. So I'm trying to rectify that right now. First off, the art for the show is provided by the wonderful and gorgeous Molly Helms, also my girlfriend. Uh, you can check out her stuff on Instagram at MollZ, that's M-O-L-Z-1-E-E, that's the numeral one. And also, all the great music is from Seth Ernest. You might also know him from Polaris and Friendzone, if you know any of our work from there. Uh, his stuff is amazing. Go check out his stuff on SethErnest.net. He is a gentleman and a scholar. All right, guys, enjoy the episode. Welcome everyone once again to Goosebuds episode four. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> don't say oh, too ooh, I got the chills. <laughs> Wait, don't do too much of the theme song. We're gonna get sued. We're gonna get sued so fucking bad. Uh, let's just establish right now, in case you're wondering, like, why does this feel a little bit different than a normal episode? Yeah. Dom is here in person with me this time. Suck it, Paul. Yeah. So, so this episode. I get the profound loneliness. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what is it like when you guys are by, uh, when I'm by myself, when you guys are in Philly together usually? How does it feel? Do you guys feel like there's just this weird disembodied voice? It's just that, like war- really warm and loving right next to us. And then there's just this cold person that, that we kind of associate with just like coming through speakers to us. Yeah. I get that. That makes sense. Uh, we should say it's like, it's- talking to a, it's like talking to a robot. <laughs> Have you seen Frozen? Uh, yeah, yes. <laughs> it's a lot like the scene where Elsa builds her magical ice castle. Okay, which is pretty dope. It's mm-hmm. we, it feels like that's on the other side of a microphone or a headphones. <laughs> okay, okay, all right. So like I'm like I'm down in an Arendelle. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And am, I, am I Anna? No, you're Elsa. No, no you're, you're Elsa. Oh, I'm you're, Elsa. And you're you're like I'm an independent woman building my castle. <laughs> okay. No, I like that. I make she made. The coolest part of Frozen is that goddamn frost golem that she made. Yeah, yeah. It was Dude, really, yes. really cool. I liked Frozen. Frozen's pretty good. I enjoyed you know, it. I, wait, what, wait, what a strong opinion you're taking on Frozen. Pretty good movie. Everyone loves Frozen. Well, I feel like it's one of those things where it's been it's now polarized, where people either love it or hate it, just because yeah. there's so much yeah. hype, hype and merchandise around it. There's a swing but back. It, it's a solid. it's a solid movie. I enjoyed it. I know people that dislike it, like genuinely dislike it. I'm like, how, how can you dislike that movie? It's like a solid Disney movie. I think it's just like, the the, mu- the power of the music. The music soundtrack just like propels it to another level. True, that's very true. The songs are good, except for Olaf songs. O- Olaf kind of sucks. All right, so here's the thing about Olaf, real quick. That guy's voice actor, Josh Gad, who's is that the is that Josh from Thirty Rock? Uh, no, uh, Josh it sounds like him. Josh Gad, uh, you might also know if you saw Book of Mormon on stage. He was the main lead of Book of Mormon. Uh, he was also the voice of. Uh, a show called Good Vibes that I worked on for MTV for a year and a half of my life, an animated show. So I spent oh, a year. Wow. And, I spent a year and a half of my life hearing this like pretty obscure actor like in my earphones for a, wow. a, a year and a half, like <laughs> all the time. Did and that then, break it for you? Did that break the immersion a little it's just, bit? Like, I just hear it all the time. So then he was in Book of Mormon, and then he was bunch like then he had a show on NBC. He wrote himself called like Sixteen Hundred Pen. You remember that show that like no one saw? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Where uh-huh. he wrote himself. He wrote it himself. And he was, like, the president's, like, wacky son. Oh, yeah, yeah. I hated that concept. Which is weird only because it's – he wrote himself as the as the comedy relief. 
Uh-huh. So imagine Seinfeld if Jerry Seinfeld had written himself as, as Kramer. George. As, as Kramer. Kramer, as Kramer. Yeah. Or Kramer. Like oh, okay. the wacky guy. Like that's Oh, the zany guy. That's the zany okay. thing. So anyway, just it's it's only funny or interesting to me in that like this guy's voice now has haunted me and followed me fucking everywhere. And I just hear him just going like he was a surfer guy and good vibes. So in Frozen, I'm just hearing him going like, "Yo, rad bro, let's go smoke some weed and like surf some waves." Like, that was that was all the jokes and good vibes. No one saw that show, not a single person. Uh, it's on Netflix if you care. Uh, we have, you know we did catch up last time we talked, and then we lost the, all the audio, which was a big old tragedy. Uh, so maybe we should catch up because obviously uh, we've been talking, and Dom's here in LA, not for fucking yeah. good though, unfortunately. Um, Wait, did did we discuss at the beginning of that last one all the move, movings that were happening? I at think that time? we had. So like, uh, obviously, uh, we talk in other forms of media, right? Like we talk on yeah. other podcasts. Mm-hmm. At least you guys do uh, on YouTube channels. Like, what is the bare basics of the, all the events that have happened in our life? Paul, you had a baby. Yes, I had a child. <laughs> Uh, uh, but it was, but it was also an antichrist, so I had to kill it. Oh shit! Wait, at what point did you realize it was an antichrist? Uh, pretty much right when it came out. I mean, it was like you know, it was howling and had red, blood-filled eyes. It was disgusting. Pretty, pretty cute baby, though, honestly. Like I, it looked it, like me, so adorable. But <laughs> you know, all my all my instincts said keep it, but you know, demon, demon that was going <laughs> to destroy the world. I, I think it actually would be if I was a doctor. And I saw I was delivering a baby, and you know, after the delivery, suddenly the father was like, "Hold on, I need to take this kid real quick." Carried over to a priest, just been there, and just did a bunch of like crucifixions over and everything. It was like, right, nope, not the devil. Oh, whew, made it. I'm like, all right, you know, I can respect that. That's actually pretty solid. I wish more people did that. Um, yeah, I mean, they should be splashing it with a little, like, you know, a little holy water right away. See if it boils. Doesn't boil. You don't got an antichrist on your hands. If it is antichrist, do you just smash it on the floor right there? Not to get too graphic, but do you just smash the baby? I won't Can go into you... specifics about how you kill an antichrist, <laughs> but it's it's messy. I, what's that stuff you dip like a rose in and then it's frozen? <laughs> Nitroglycerin? Cho- chocolate. Nitroglycerin. Chocolate. I think it's a chocolate wonderful. You take it to Royal Corral and yeah. drop it in the chocolate <laughs> fondue <laughs> <laughs> like that's the that is the least appetizing thing to me. They're like, come in and try the chocolate wonderfall, flowing chocolate that anyone can possibly with touch. absolutely no <laughs> sneeze guard whatsoever. It's like yeah. open out in the very beginning. All of our dust just drops right onto it. Um, uh, I'll tell you, uh, uh, in terms of my life, I moved. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think did we go over this? Yeah, we went over this. Yeah, right? I mean, you've moved. You've moved to Philly. You know, probably since the last recording for sure. Yeah, definitely. But just to be clear, right now. Dom is not staying in Los Angeles. He's just here visiting. Yes, as much as I wish he was. But you've moved. It's really, it's really strange how quickly because we did we did the first episode. You guys were both out there. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. The second episode, Dom was here. Correct. Yeah. So we've done we've done two episodes. Third episode was so, in Philly. Yeah, we, we're evened up. Yeah, we're evened but, up. But we're bookending it. That's what they. That's a, a cool term for this. What we're doing yeah. right now is we're just uh, laying down an alibi of where Dom has been in case you've been involved in a murder later well, on. Well, you know, <laughs> funny you say that. Uh, after I moved back to Pennsylvania, uh, I did um, – it's unfortunate, but I accidentally uh, somehow got caught up in some legal trouble – and uh, I, I, I'm under a Santa Claus now, <laughs> and, uh, I, I, and uh, in a few days I'm going to have to deliver some presents. So I'll Does be gone. I'll come be out. Gone. Is, is it Santa Claus one or two? Uh, it's Santa Claus one, but okay. um, we're, next year we're looking to move into the Jack Frost territory with Martin Short. Okay, not the one where Jack Frost like 
sexually assaults Shannon Elizabeth in the shower because that's the other Wait, Jack Frost movie. That is the other Jack Frost movie, not that Jack Frost. Okay. We wouldn't. We but you know Santa. We wouldn't. Doesn't like. We that. wouldn't do that. Okay, we wouldn't do. We that. wouldn't yeah. do that. Is is it good that I marked this podcast as explicit on iTunes? Yes, it's probably pretty good. I marked it as. We explicit. already talked about yes. uh, molestation and murdering a demon baby. <laughs> you know, episode, so. you know when I when I was putting fantasy fiction up on uh, iTunes, like a big thing that people said was like, mark it as explicit if it is, because iTunes will take it down if it's not. And I was like, oh shit! So I did, and all of the episodes say explicit, but every other comedy podcast out there, which has filthy language, of course, like because that's comedy, that's what's funny nowadays. Mm-hmm. Uh, is uh, uh, I would know <laughs> a on... dick falling into a pile of poop. That's <laughs> it's happened on fantasy fiction, probably. <laughs> uh, uh, none of them are marked as explicit, but I think iTunes is actually trying to like clean up and uh, 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 review things more often. I think we should report all the popular podcasts. Uh, yeah, let's yeah. Do it. I yeah, think we should take down Mark Marin, WTF. Yeah, let's 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 do that. Let's take them down. Oh wait! Okay, just be like, do you know what the F stands for? <laughs> uh, we actually should catch up. What other major actual life events happened besides the baby and the movie? Uh, the baby, yeah. we said, and the uh, Santa Claus. I don't. I mean, we we haven't like as far as moving that Dom moving back. That was a pretty big event, but a lot hasn't happened. I mean, Dom's gonna Dom's gonna move into the city soon, and we're gonna be neighbors. We're trying to move him in next door. Good sitcom. Is that true, Dom? Yeah, we're, we're trying. I would love to move in on Paul's street because we work together. We work on uh, uh, the various things that we work on together, and uh, JonTron, of course. Of course, um, the esteemed yeah. JonTron. What's that? The esteemed JonTron. The esteemed JonTron. Yep. The, the mm-hmm. dream JonTron. What I've always wanted to do when I set out to work uh, in my life, I said, I hope one day. Uh, I meet a man with the last name <laughs> Jafari, and I can and I can work with him and him only. Sadly, it's, Paul. Sadly, Paul is there, so my dream has not come true yet. My, I, my question is: If you move in next to Paul, are you going to set yourself to be like the Don Knotts in like Three's Company situation, where you're like, oh yeah, I'm gonna wear I'm gonna wear handkerchiefs. You just walk in every time like Paul's doing something that looks like he's jerking off or something, and just going, oh oh well, no, that's, Paul. That's just, nine times out of ten, Paul really jerking off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that's like most of my day. So, uh, is there? Well, that's just right. Has anything spooky happened? If it's not, that's fine. There's no pressure. It's a fucking goosebumps podcast. But has anything spooky happened since we last talked? Uh, something fell over the other day, and I thought maybe that's a ghost, but okay. it wasn't. Okay, that's all right. That's all right. It's a level. Um, I can't say that anything spooky has happened to me personally, but Pennsylvania is number one ghost capital of the world wait is this recent is this a recent new thing uh no but i mean it's, no, it's, it's just it's a it's pretty old and haunted haunty area so you guys should be encountering something soon i would think hopefully if we go on one of those philadelphia ghost tours oh my god go to one. Oh well did we talk after post halloween i think we did right uh, maybe, but maybe not for the podcast. Not what on what the happened? Podcast. I mean, we had a spooky hayride that we went on. To. Oh, <laughs> and, and on the spooky hayride, a clown demon stabbed me with its with its plastic knife. Wait, that was spooky. I'm, I'm sorry. Is that supposed to be part of the ride? Uh, it was not. It was not supposed to. be. If it was, it wasn't fun. Mm-mm. I, don't, I don't think they planned that. I don't think they go. Oh, we're just going to stab one random guy <laughs> on every every trip. Uh, here's the thing. Paul and I go to Shady Brook Farm when I'm back home um, for Halloween. That's like a festive thing everyone in uh, the area does. And Shady Brook Farm is a uh, it's a fun time. There's like a bonfire. There's You can buy some cider uh, and various snacks. But the hayride is the ultimate attraction. And for the longest time, uh, Shady Brook did things very old school. 
they didn't have like chainsaws with no chains on them, like running around and stuff like that. Mm. I, I, felt, I thought that was all very shock and, and too easy to scare people. They usually had like little scenes laid out and it was a fun time. Yeah. Uh, not only, not only, yeah, you know what this is about. (laughs) Not only are the chainsaws there, not only did they have chainsaws now, like working chainsaws, working chainsaws with the chainsaws. Yeah, blades removed, chain removed, yeah. Uh, 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 but they, they, one of the parts of the ride that was supposed to be scary was (laughs) a man, not a zombie at all or anything. Just a crazy up, man. Just came up with a gun. <laughs> with a gun and said, I'll fucking kill you. And he pointed it at someone on the ride and then, then lifted shot. it at a mother head and fucking shot it. A blank, mind you. <laughs> Let me remind you who died from fucked up blanks. Brendan Lee. Uh, it, he shot it and, and it was like you we had that moment of like where our sound where the sound just flipped out. <laughs> and we all looked at each other and we were just like that was that was scary, but on a different level of scary. That would be the perfect. Did not place sign to, up for. That'd be the perfect place to murder someone. Is on a haunted hayride. You just kill everyone thinks it's part of the show. Do you guys remember yeah. that old Halloween scare? I'll fucking kill you. <laughs> <laughs> remember that Halloween scare? Old man delirious off his meds. <laughs> uh, uh, but it, yeah, it, uh, that's how Brendan Lee died, right? From yeah, the guy from Panic at the Disco. No, no, no. <laughs> the guy from The Crow. Oh, Lee's kid. Oh, was that? I thought kid, he, yeah. I thought it was like a falling out of a window stunt. or no, something. No, no, he got shot with. I think he was jumping through a window and they were shooting blanks at him as he fell, and one of the guns still had a bullet in it. Oh and it my fired god! And killed him. Yeah, what what, yeah. You, what happens when you, you when you make a blank is you have to fire off a chamber so that it all empties, and then you rebuild the. I think you 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 put the uh, casing back together. Uh, somehow, uh, seemingly with magic, I think they. Yeah, yeah it's dark magic. Uh, but uh, uh, and then you, when you shoot off that bullet, nothing comes out. It just it just makes the sound. I did not know. I uh, thought it so was just like Chinese fireworks. <laughs> it is. It actually is an old Chinese, uh, ancient Chinese secret. Mm-hmm. No, that's a bad no. joke. <laughs> Wait, I, I realized we did not talk about hay rides at all, even though it was after Halloween. I think, or maybe yeah, I think it is. I went on the Los Angeles Haunted Hayride, if I can share that one. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if you ever went, Dom, while you were here in L.A. Uh, fucking nanners. Bananas crazy pants. Uh, the L.A. Haunted Hayride. So first, you got to wait in line like two hours for the hayride. So it, you're already just missing out on the mystique of like, getting spooked because you're with thousands of people in a line. Like a, in a, It's like being at Six Flags. Yeah. Uh, while you wait in line, they have a thing called blood drums. Well, guys who look like Slipknot in skull face paint will like hit... It's like Blue Man Group, except with red paint instead of blue paint. Okay. They hit drums like heavy metal thing. But they were ad-libbing it. They were, like, they were doing it to the soundtrack. So you could see that these guys were all come up and like doing like re- they were syncopated, like drumming on, on trash cans and red blood hit on their face. Yeah. Not real. Just like just playing along to a speaker and just pretend- pretending to drum alongside of it. Just let them actually drum. Just let them drum out of beat. It'll be more scary if people are just hitting things in front of you. And, and that's for two hours you're in line. You're, wait, you're watching that. that for mostly two hours or a guy on stilts walk by in a clown makeup. So not that scary. The actual yeah. hay ride, I, had, I didn't know what I was expecting. I thought like – I actually thought – and this would actually be way spookier is I thought you'd get on the hay ride pulled by a tractor and you'd go up. It's in the abandoned L.A. Zoo, which is actually good material for being scary. But there's so many yeah. lights and – and and uh, businesses set up around there that's actually not spooky. I thought the tractor would take you into the forest, and then the tractor would pretend to like break down, and you have to like wander through the the LA Zoo by yourself at night. That'd that be would be cool. Shit. That'd be genuinely scary. If there's like you know a planned path, you have to kind of like walk through, and guys chase after you. It's instead just a long 
tour, like a parade tour through a bunch of different exhibits. They're all clearly made by different artists and people, which is well, interesting. That's what, our, that's what ours is, too. I mean, that's basically what... Well, you think there'd be, like, a shared artistic vision. So, uh-huh, yeah. so something which you would go through just the straight-up, like, here's the crazy clown carnival, and just a bunch of, like, you're riding through a tractor through just two flat walls, and people in clown makeup going, like, welcome to the carnival. Your intestines look like balloons, or whatever. Like, I'm just ad-libbing. I'm just ad-libbing. Yeah. No, well, we, we had a crazy, crazy clown carnival at our our hayride sure well. yeah and few, it was the scary it was the scariest part a few standards and then maybe you guys had a different and this just makes more sense because los angeles and it's you know broken artistic people there was just a few like cirque du soleil moments like you'd walk through a hay is actually the coolest part but not scary at all you just walk through and there's a, a bunch of a uh, few rows of fake hay and then suddenly on giant bendable poles people in skin tight bodysuits made to look like crows would just bend and flop in front of you, just spiraling around like oh, over that's your head. cool. Very cool. Not scary at all. Just a very cool show. You know, I could take a welcome diversion like that. I could do that. You know, because besides Gunman, there wasn't really any <laughs> variation be- from people just walking up and looking at you scarily. You know. Well, your Gunman, I was going to say, actually led me to the part I really want to talk about was one of the last exhibits. There's probably like you know 15 different things you go through, all completely different, all different tones. The weirdest one, my favorite one that no one else on the ride liked, was you're riding through what looks appear to be like a World War II, uh, just like war zone. There's a lot of smoke. Mm-hmm. You're hearing like bomber planes fly around. It looks to be like a military bunker that's been torn apart. And all these actors in uh, military garb are just sitting at their posts, like drinking coffee, reading reports. But they're clearly like skeletons or like made to yeah. look like zombies or ghouls. No screaming. No jump scares. Throughout the entire thing, just very somber, just very somber and, and kind of and weird. During the entire thing, one man comes out of like military barracks, clearly supposed to be dead, walks <laughs> up to the uh, to the, the tractor going five miles per hour, and just hands a note to a woman next to me. He goes, "Please read this. You need to take this. Please read this." And then walks away. Like that's the key linchpin of this entire thing. Way disturbing, super disturbing. To just have a man very solemnly tell you this. She takes the note and just puts it in her purse. Does not Watch look this and it. read it to you? She does not read it. The entire crowd is just like all kind of staring and goes, hmm, piece of paper. We go through the whole thing. <laughs> as you as you leave that area, I will give them credit. If you don't pay attention, you'll notice that everyone in the, the barracks all so- slowly turn to you slowly and salute you silently. What? Very, very fucking creepy. This was like the weird artistic dude trying to make a statement. I loved it. The entire rest of the tractor ride, I'm silently whispering to her, what does that say? What does that note say, Lee? It's just kind of like Jersey girls going like, I don't, I don't care. It's just a piece of paper. I'm going to throw it away later. What is this? What are the secrets of the paper? See, that's the that's the J.J. Abrams mystery box right there. <laughs> yeah, that's, the that's, you know? box. that's bullshit. Like, what, like you're so stupid yeah. that you don't even get that you you were just a part of the ride. Read the fucking note. What if the note was like her her personal information or something, something creepy like that, or like a picture of her dead grandfather, or just who knows? <laughs> Maybe it was a pa- a pair of uh, booty shorts with words written on them, like it just said cheer. Like that was, that was a drawing of that, and it was like my past. <laughs> so almost the coolest part, but super frustrating. Um, that is probably the spooky stuff that's happened. Uh, I'll say the spookiest part of that ride, our ride. There was a scene set up where children were dismembered and like hung up. That was weird. That's it. That was a little weird. <laughs> Wait, children? That was yeah, a little weird. There was like children like 
dummies, you know, props, obviously. Not, they didn't kill any real kids. That would be illegal. Um, <laughs> but, uh, they, yeah, they had them, like, strung Not if no one sees room. you. It was like, here's, yeah, if no one sees you, it's, totally it, it, it didn't happen. But I, I will add, I forgot to say, too, we, uh, the next thing you ever go through a hayride, anyone listening, best advice, go to the hayride, go to the, the, muse, the go to the maze part. Go where, like, there's clearly, like, the big, you know, the, the big attraction. There's also part of the hayride. Go as they're closing down. Go after, like, the final call, like, if it's 9 o'clock, go at 9.05. Just Why because, is that? Because this was the worst part, but also now I think about it was my favorite moment. You're going through the maze, like, the scary, like, dark maze where people are supposed to jump out at you. But people who don't give a shit. They, they all, like, want to go home. <laughs> so, like, we're going through this dark room with all these tunnels, and clearly all these things are supposed to stick out at you. None of it happens. And it's actually scarier. Like, you, you're going through a dark hallway with a little light. You can see a hole up ahead on the side. You know a scary hand's going to reach out. But when nothing does, that's way weirder. <laughs> like, so you just see something, you'd like round a corner, and there would be like a little like maintenance light on, and what was clearly supposed to be a mechanical spider that would have like slid out on the ground and came at you. But you're just seeing the mechanical spider like waiting for maintenance to come by. <laughs> or like you round a corner, there's just a guy in a costume just like smoking and just looking and going, like, what's going on? That's literally all what happened to us. <laughs> it's actually way more fun. So just do that. Just the the end new of of a carnival worker. That's that's the scariest <laughs> yeah, yeah. thing. They're just they're just waiting to go home to their family to tell them what they saw today. Uh, guys, should we talk about Goosebumps books? Oh yeah. Oh, let's talk about it. All right. So, uh, Paul, you uh, excitedly texted me how much you wanted to talk about this book. Oh, because well, okay. Can we all agree right off the bat that this is the worst one we've read so far? Uh, highly disagree. I, what? I would disagree. My favorite so far. Oh, okay. Wow. wow. Okay, this is going to be good then. All right. All right. So, no, no, you, you, you drop your points first. Well, first off, with the, with the opening line, I thought this one was off to a roaring start, which was <laughs> his hand shoved into the pockets of his faded denim cutoff. Cutoffs, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's got some faded denim cutoffs. This guy's real badass. Okay, I, all right. So I, I was like, this is going to be good. But then, but then he drops four fully named characters on you right off the bat. Mm-hmm. How, I'm parsing through this trying to figure out who's the main person. <laughs> All right, this so, is this is goddamn Dubliners going on. <laughs> right here. All right, so to be fair, it is not following just one kid or a brother and sister duo. This well, it does. Cool. It does follow Greg eventually. True, but this is it starts off at least like on four badass teens just walking <laughs> yeah. around, nothing to do. Well, that's that. The first chapter is very much four boring kids talking <laughs> about how bored they are. Sherry and, literally says, this is boring, and I just have a note that says, I concur in all caps. <laughs> While that is boring, let's, there's a few things I think we need to talk about these opening scenes, other than being very cliche teens with nothing to do. Yeah. Uh, they talk about comic books, and I have some complaints. Oh, oh boy. They, they talk about plenty of 90s they're things. Like, they're like, this. oh, you should, uh, we should go get the comic book like X-Force. Uh-huh. You could be Birdman. Birdman is not an X-Force. Birdman, Birdman <laughs> is not an X-Force. And I I think R.L. Stein thought he created X-Force, a non-copyrighted. Because he makes a point. There was two things. One of them he, is he makes a point not to say Polaroid because that's straight <laughs> uh-huh. copyrighted. Uh, and Dairy, dairy Freeze. Dairy too. Freeze. That's the other one. Not that's Dairy, dairy Queen. Oh. Not Dairy Queen. Dairy Freeze. And then he says X-Force, which... 
I can only assume he didn't realize was a real. Thing. I thought he was uh, just name dropping like a pretty cool X Men comic about crazy outskirts of the X Men team. No, see, he wasn't because I don't know anything about X Force, and I knew instantly that he was trying to make it X Men. That's what it was. It was oh, his X Men. Okay, I was I was giving him a lot of credit. So, so it, he accidentally named an actual X Men comic when trying not to name an X Men comic, <laughs> which is almost like either a compliment to Arl Stein. Or detriment to X-Men and Marvel that they just made so many titles <laughs> with yeah. X-something that you had to hit something if you threw it out there. Uh, right. he, he also named the baseball team the Dolphins, who were fucking huge in 1992. <laughs> so that makes perfect sense, you know? Uh, it's something, something about the comic book thing that I want to say before I move on, because this really confused me. They were like, they were like, let's go to the comic book store and read some comics. And it's like, we can't do that. We don't have any money. And the guy's going to get mad at us, and he's going to say, are you paying or staying? <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> so if I pay, I leave. And if I stay, then I'm just here. I'm staying. I'm, I'm going to stay. Wait, wait. It, 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 it should be paying and staying, right? If you pay, you get to stay longer and buy right. more. Yeah. Pay, paying or leaving, I believe, would be the correct thing to yell at children mm, who are loitering. Indeed, indeed. This shop well, owner came up with a, a saying that he was very proud of and never thought about the logic of it. Or Arnold Stein wrote this in one draft like it sounds like <laughs> he did and just was like, fuck it, it's for dumbass kids who like French toast uh, crunch <laughs> and surge. They're gonna I'm look gonna back say, on these years and be ashamed. Suddenly, we have those things again. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna say that he was just in the mind of a kid, not thinking like an adult. We're adults. We know what an adult would say to get some kids the fuck out of their store. That's the problem. Point a gun, too, point a gun at him. Point a gun at him and say, "I'll fucking kill you." <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I am again noticing another uh, thread in all of our science books so far. He likes starting with things being very mundane, very boring, not just normal. But kids are bored. Kids be bored. Well, well, remember that he. I wrote this quote down because, again, she had just said this is boring. She said, it's boring standing around talking about how bored we are in a book. And I was like, R.L., do you not understand that you just spoke to yourself there? <laughs> <laughs> it's boring standing around talking about how bored we are. But it's a thrill to read. He took a strong artistic <laughs> choice. This is the funny game of books. <laughs> I did relate at least a little bit to the kids, like, not having anything to do. And, and at least, I don't know. I, I spent a lot of time in the Midwest not knowing anything to do. My fun thing to do when I was bored was I was going to go borrow the family uh, riding lawnmower and ride around the neighborhood <laughs> 10 miles per hour. The coolest yeah. kid. That was my hot shit. That's pretty sweet. No, we did, like, we did stuff like this because we also – every I think every kid grows up being bored no matter where you are. Uh and we did the same thing. When you're bored like this, it's time to get up to no good. And that's what they did. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, that's, that's the escalation. These kids are bored. They break into a house. That's a pretty big es- – I did that once as a kid. And we didn't even break in. We broke in – quote, unquote, broke into a kid's house whose parents and him were away on vacation. And we had the key to – and we broke in and ate all his cookies. And that was the <laughs> bad thing that we did. Whoa! Well, <laughs> that is a bad thing. <laughs> yeah, we ate all their cookies. It was cool. You could Trust not me. have a key to my apartment, Paul. <laughs> what, a, what a trusting family. This, yeah. is like, this is like a family friend. This is like someone who trusted you with the key to their house. Yeah, he lived on our street. So, <laughs> big mistake. Uh, I think this is something that pretty much anyone who lives in the suburbs goes through where – you're getting older. You have been taught by uh, your uh, your peers that everything you like is stupid, so you can't play with action figures anymore. 
and you can't do you can't play tag or anything anymore, which is a fun game, guys. Tag is, <laughs> tag is pretty great. Uh, so so you're older and you're mad that you can't do any of that fun stuff, and you're too stupid to realize that you could do anything you want. So you're, you're just standing around and going. I guess I'm bored. Yeah, you're caught in the purgatory of fun. Yeah, well, I, know, I, I don't want to do anything out of the ordinary and be labeled as a loser uh, because of it. So I'll just I'll just be bored with my friends and hate everything, which leads to breaking and entering or blowing something up with firecrackers. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh, burning things. Uh-huh. I'll, I'll at least give the story credit at this point. So these kids are bored. They decided to break into an old man's house. Uh, I'll, I'll get into to Spidey in a second. But at least that escalation of these kids are not actually very likable. I like you're not really rooting for them for most no. of the story. So yeah. in many ways, it actually sets up most horror trope conventions and like kids fucking around or teenagers or college kids or whatever, so that you can kind of get a little bit of enjoyment when the serial killer murders right. them. Learning yeah. the lesson, yes, absolutely. Uh, the best thing, another like bit of proof that this is a first draft was when they were breaking into the house. Michael saying enthusiastically, "This is cool," because it was just like, "Yeah, we're, we're we're kids doing a cool thing right now." It was like the best moment. I just like I read that line. I was like, <laughs> "Yeah, that was a placeholder line right there by R.L. Stein." <laughs> <laughs> this is cool. Uh, you know what? Kids do say that. I heard someone say that the other day. Let's just go with it. And what about the dog that is like <sighs> warily warning I'm them? I'm so glad you brought up <laughs> the dog. Chekhov's dog at the beginning. <laughs> I, I wrote I'm halfway writing through the most unnecessary padding sequence of they were walking through the thing. Suddenly a dog came up and they petted the dog. Then the dog walked away. That was just like two paragraphs of petting a dog. Yeah. Only They're- for a chapter cliffhanger of <laughs> And then the dog book. lunged at him. Yeah, yeah. dude. This book is filled <laughs> filled with pages of doing one thing continuously to kill to kill just pages he was just filling space in this one it's just filled with it it's like oh oh wait the chapter's about to end how am i gonna scare the kids oh you know what the the dog from earlier he'll jump out of the bushes and and leap at them but i'll say it's a dark figure but then it'll just be a dog i i will give him credit for this i don't have credit or just going he's getting even lazier there are parts of this book where he breaks the cliffhanger mold a little bit not necessarily for better but we've established the standard goosebumps chapter end is I think something's about to happen, and then yes. it didn't. But this one has a couple. There this was a good part towards the end uh, where I think a couple chapters ended with Greg, our main character, saying, I know what I have to do. And I made a note. This kid knows what he has to do a lot. <laughs> <laughs> he says it like 15 times at the end of the book. It also has an early chapter cliffhanger of... I would like some more potatoes. Yes, yes. <laughs> that was I mean, like, at dinner. Like, like I, th- there is no reason to keep on reading. <laughs> There's none. But it, we we all did for some reason. All right. Uh, quick question. Break down the kids. Try to remember from memory, even though you just recently read it. You have you have Sherry, who's Sherry, st- who's stupid. Yeah, Sherry's super stupid. Is Sherry stupid? They're all stupid. They're all so. <laughs> I think Sherry dumb. wanted. to... I'm sorry to to classify this as the one female character in the book. I think Sherry wanted to bang Bird. I no, she my... wanted to bang Terry, and we and he brought. He brought... <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that's that's noted in the, in the book. She she asks about Terry, right? Oh, but you're saying the subtext is she wanted to bang. Bird. I just it starts off with like Who we're establishing the four kids. Doesn't want to bang Bird, and it says Sherry liked to tease Bird all the time. That means no Sherry one. wanted to bang. No. no one wants to bang Bird. Bird is one of the worst characters in Goosebumps <laughs> we've ever seen. No way, Bird. he's he's Bird like. <laughs> 
<laughs> He's nothing else. Bert, Bert is fuel for half of the chapter cliffhangers of like, and I've never known a jokester. So let's establish this now because this is throughout the entire book. He's a Bird, jokester, yeah. Bird's entire idea of being a jokester is continually pretending to be dead. <laughs> that is all of his jokes, waiting for his friends to discover him. And then be shocked and sad for him to go, ah, you thought I was dead. You guys are fucking dumb. I think I think Bird had like a weird like discover a dead body fetish. Well, I, I think that's happened about 13 times in the first four Goosebumps books is that friends have acted dead and then been like, I'm not dead. That was funny. Kids do this. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, you know Bird when he was younger found like one of his family members dead and he's like, oh, this is traumatizing. I'll save it for later as a joke and that's how I'll deal with it. Like did, did R.L. Stein have someone uh, in his childhood that would do that to him all the time and then they would pop up and go, ha, 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 you cared about me, you loser. I, I think it was like R.L. Stein's dad. I, just, <laughs> I want to know if there's some kid who read Goosebumps and saw this, this trend across all the books and thought, pretend to be dead, super fun. Lay down in a road or something, got hit by a car. Like the Goosebumps program? Kill, like Goosebumps killed someone. Yes. <laughs> like, Do you remember yeah. that? Wait, what's the program? The it's program, a, yeah, the program. There was a, it's, a, it's that college football movie. Uh, they removed a scene out of it where kids dress in black and lay in traffic. Oh, my God. You can't, you can't see it anywhere now. Yeah, it was an initiation, right? It was like they, they were like laying down to, like, to haze them, and they had to lay in the street like head to toe. With each other. And the whole idea is you just, what, you get up before a car hits you, or you try to get it to stop? You have to lay there for a certain amount of time while the car drove by. Yeah, I don't, I don't like that at all. <laughs> it's really yeah, weird. Yeah, I don't know who wrote that, but they're sick. <laughs> anyway, you can't see that scene anyway. Go on, though. Go on. So, so there's th- we, three characters, Bird, Sherry, Michael? Greg. Greg and Michael. Michael's Greg and ch- Michael. Michael's the chubby one, but for some reason, everybody loves him, which is the opposite of the trope. Which is, <laughs> <laughs> which is opposite of real life. Because being a chubby know. kid, no one liked the chubby kid. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh they Bre- and Greg's, Greg's your white bread, middle America. Yeah. They live in L.A., but he's I guess middle he's, America white bread dude. I guess he's probably the most like standard, like, follow this character, I guess, if he, you had to, out of yeah. a normal trope. They decide to break into a house. And I think this is important. They break into old man Spidey's house. Another comic book thing uh-huh. that bothered me. If these kids are into comic books, they would not have someone they nicknamed Spidey and not address the fact that that's also Spider-Man's name. Yes. Uh, Spider-Man's often used nickname that he calls himself a lot. Yeah, everyone calls like, him Spidey. Uh, and, and Spidey Sense, that's one of his things that he can do, yeah, so yeah. you would imagine. Mm-hmm. How, how do you feel about the description of Spidey? Yes! Being, yeah, it, it was like, he dressed in black and he was tall, like a spider. I'm like, ah, oh, that's not really like a spider at all. <laughs> but then there was, well, was also... Go ahead, he kept, do, he kept doing that with all the characters. Like, this town has this fetish of being like, you kind of look like an animal. We're going to call you that now. And then he, he would do that description thing where he's like, bird was tall and had stork legs. So he was like a bird. Trust me. <laughs> I, I think this is also worth noting, though. And maybe I misread this. But despite Spidey being described as being like a tall, like you know, creepy old dude in like a lot of black and white, uh, they go through Spidey's stuff in his house. Yeah, and there's a lot of like lavish bows and handkerchiefs and weird outfits and hungry man dinners and they're all over the ground. I think Spidey was a gay man. You think so? Could be. I think what the missing information in this right here is that the house was uh it had uh, uh something scary happen to it and spidey was a was a squatter who was living in the base he was a squatter yeah oh, okay okay yeah. I, for, I forgot that but detail. That, 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 that i think we could fill in the blanks here spidey had himself a little dress-up time every <laughs> night <in those fabulous laughs> what else is he gonna do so 
this is important in that Spidey's entire plan is bonkers. Uh, establishing this entire book is Spidey's house has a, a crazy camera in it that he's decided mm-hmm. to, this is later on revealed in the book, he's just guarding it. Yeah. Right? Like, that's his game plan. Yeah. Yeah. That uh, this is the the core of the plot. This is important to hit now because you know affects all of the decisions later on in the book. Absolutely, Spidey was an inventor who worked with another man who they and made. Right. Go ahead. And he stole the. Well, he worked with another inventor who was better than him, so he stole his invention. Stole his invention, but not only did he steal his invention, there was a camera that could show you your future. I guess. Well, here's the thing. He that that's what happens when you when you when you, like the curse was put on it. But he never said what the camera was supposed to do in the first that's place. True, like, that's true. That's true. I assumed like, it was. Like, I think you're right. I think maybe you could. T- maybe you took a picture with it. Which, okay, please go on about how you invented that thing. If you're going to lay out your master plan, I'd really well, like to know how you I think, that the, I think the, the, the problem is, this goes why it's bonkers in two ways. We don't know what the camera did. I thought it maybe just told the future or showed part of your future, and it wasn't always necessarily a dark future. It could have just been like a camera that like removes red eye or something very uh-huh. basic <laughs> like that. But the major detail of that Spidey's uh, inventor friend, even though Spidey's technically the bad guy for stealing it, Spidey's other inventor friend who made it was also into the dark arts and put a (laughs) curse on it. (laughs) So he's a man of science, but also a man of magic. The most interesting character we never get to talk to. I know, I know. Well, this is the thing where, like, you're expecting that, like, last couple of chapters turn where, like, he's, like, Spidey the whole time dressed in black, following the kids around, being real creepy. So, in my head, I'm like, okay, he's going to do the thing where this guy seems like the bad guy, and then at the last second we find out that he's not, and he's going to help the kids out, you know? But then he turns out to be the bad guy, but then instead of just letting him be the full-on bad guy... He also has to demonize the other guy that made the camera yeah, he, for he, some they, reason. They establish a badder guy yeah. who's not ever seen. It's yeah, really crazy. He just, happened, he just died. Yeah. He just, he just, or he just he killed him, passed away. This, this is why I gave the book a little bit of credit. I think Spidey and what he does and how he's described is genuinely a little more terrifying than anything that's happened in the book series so far. Absolutely. Everything, everything else has just been like a, like a monster that's annoying or just a like quirky thing that happened. The, the first scene... Early on in the book, when the kids break into the house, they're going through all this gay man's clothing, uh-huh. making fun of him, <laughs> and they find a camera in the basement, decide to steal it. Yeah. As they leave the house, there's a description of Spidey staring at them through one of the windows with his hand across the glass, just staring at them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's genuinely That's a little creepy. unsettling. Yeah. It's I'll real creepy. A- well, and it's another creepy part, too, when they're in the park, and he sees them with the camera, and then he starts chasing them when they're going to take it back. Well, I think they were going to take it back to the house at that point, right? Right. And he starts chasing him, and he's really, like, going after him, and he's catching up. And then the neighbor shows up, and it's like, hey, hey, you old man, stop chasing those kids. <laughs> and, the, and the old man scurries off, and then he's like, he's like, should I call the cops? And they're like, nah, and he's like, all right, we'll let this one slide. <laughs> but if he starts chasing children again, that's when I'll step in. It's like in. training a dog. If he starts chasing you again, just spray him a little bottle of water. He's going <laughs> to be okay. Yeah. Uh, so- so if you haven't figured out what the, the plot of Say Cheese and Die is yet, if you haven't read the book, the uh, the camera takes a picture of you, a, a Polaroid, even though they don't say Polaroid. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. a lot of like extraneous descriptions of what a Polaroid does without saying Polaroid. Yeah, it's, it's Hold actually... Hold on. Go ahead, go ahead. Did you did you did you write it down, Paul? Did you write down what the, what what the description was? Well, no, but I wrote down one of his his motifs throughout this book. Did you notice the motif uh, was the the first time you see the picture developing? It's developing in the three layers of colors. The 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 reds come in, the greens come in, the blues mm-hmm. come in. 
uh, what it, what I then started to notice was every goddamn scene has him just describing the colors of everything, and there are him saying colors of every single thing in this book. He just kept being like colors, colors, <laughs> colors, and then and then Greg has his mo- his massive his his like his moment his climax of like of like despair, and he's like colors, colors everywhere. All I see are co- and I was like, all right, RL, all right, I get it. You're very nice. You're getting really playful with the with the with the style here, okay? <laughs> Very cool. That that was what drove me nuts because they like he was really playing off that thing. He just he just like kind of like like probably read what a Polaroid does. Like it's this type of machine. <laughs> he was like, okay, I'll just I can't say Polaroid, so I'll just put in this long-winded roundabout way of saying it. All <laughs> oh, right, right, right. Or unless right, he right. thought he'd just like teach kids science or something. Mm. But this Polaroid machine. Takes a picture of whatever you shoot, but shows it happening in a in a dark way. So if you take a picture of uh, they take a picture of the station wagon, and that's only you see a picture of the station wagon when it comes out. Oh, it's crashed! It's been incredibly it's destroyed. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the big the big conceit is does the camera cause that? This is I think that was the one cool mystery of this book was does the camera cause these bad things to happen, or does does the bad thing already exist in the reality that's yes. happening and are we just seeing into the future? And that was a cool mystery that he they left. They should have been it. playing with that for sure. There should have been yeah. a lot of like back and forth of they don't do take any pictures for a while and then still something bad happens to them and they don't know if that's just like fate and bad luck or Right, right. That, that's very fun concept. They don't really play with that much. However, however, <laughs> once we establish that that is up in the air, uh Greg, the I guess our main character at this point, sure. yeah. he he decides to take a photo of his brother. Yep. Which in in anyone else's mind would be a very bad idea. <laughs> he's a, he's because... already established multiple times that the camera takes bad pictures. It's yeah. like a, this is like the third or fourth picture he's taking with this thing. Third uh, or fourth bad. It's just some a car has a car has been destroyed. His dad almost died. Right. His yeah. His friend fell his off the fr- stairs. His friend fell off the stairs. His dad almost died in a car accident. The car accident didn't happen at this point. Granted, no. But it, he did see the totaled car. So he's right. like, "Hey Terry, you want to take a photo?" <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And his brother's a nice guy. It's not even a mean All guy. All he wanted was another potato. <laughs> That's right. I think they were trying to make it like the brother was boring because he works at the Dairy Freeze. Yeah. They, oh, and did you remember the riveting story that happened at the Dairy Freeze? Yeah. Yeah, they ran out of vanilla and people were mad about that. It's like, yeah, Arl Stein, we don't need that shit. <laughs> you can tell me about the camera yeah. that maybe kills people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was like, I thought that exact thing when he was taking the picture of his brother. I'm like, you're going to kill your brother. You're killing your brother right now, Greg. How dare you? And I was like, you're, this kid's a fucking jerk. He deserves it. You know what? Chad, you're right. These kids are assholes. I hate them. They deserve everything they got. And it made it at least a little more satisfying for me to watch them, you know, possibly die. Or like, So that one of the best, most satisfying moments in Goosebumps books so far has been a picture taken of stupid bird. God dumb, stupid bird. Stupid oh, bird. Yeah, of, yeah. of him with like... His neck basically broken, like laying yeah. on the ground with his neck broken. He does the stupid joke about pretending to have that happen to him a minute later. It's a misdirection. Like, oh, he's fine. And then he gets hit in the goddamn head with a baseball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was a, that was a point in the book where I was like, oh shit, it did happen. What the fuck? But what spoiled it for me is that when Bird plays dead and then he gets up, he goes, he writes off the camera as it's dumb, it's broken. Like, yeah. No, no, no. It's showing you things that are going to happen. I know, I know. That's what these kids kept being like. No, it's just. And Sherry was doing it too. And I was like, wait, wait a second. 
You literally took a picture of something, and it was a different picture of what you took. Like, it, something else came out of the camera. You gotta be a little impressed by that, guys. Come I, on. I know? guess my thought process is, if you hate a lot of teenagers, you're gonna love this book. Because it's just teenagers getting, like, like freaked out or bad things happening to people. Yeah, yeah. Without any of the teenage teenage awkwardness that that party they had was completely unrealistic they were all just joking with each other and michael the chubby kid bangs into a girl and she's like "Ah, michael and it's like that's not how it works that girl looks at him really awkwardly and then michael goes home and cries that night (laughs) and masturbates himself to sleep (laughs) masturbates himself to sleep uh we should we should cover an idea as far as like the whole idea also of this camera's bad I don't know why the kids' mindset in these books so far has been, if something's, you know, we realize this is evil, we have to take it back. Yeah. Like, yeah. you think your thought process would just be, no more pictures, destroy it with a baseball bat. Yeah. Right. That's the end of the camera. But no, we got to take it back to the old man's house. We have to give it back to that scary man who chases us, who <laughs> is probably using it for evil. <laughs> uh, I, I, I want to kind of actually jump to the end just because I think some of the... the, what? the well, hold on. I do want to. I do want to point out one thing about this. Sure. Okay, so this this book again has one of the other uh, common themes that we see going throughout these books is the parents don't listen to them because mm-hmm. the first time that uh, that Greg tries to speak up about the camera is in the hospital after his dad gets in the accident and he's like, "Oh, I caused this accident by taking this picture," or I just saw it happening. He tries to tell his mom, "She's no, 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 not right now. Nothing with the camera right now. We're we're dealing with your dad." She shuts, <laughs> That's right. She she shuts him off. He tries to explain it to the policeman. The policeman says he's a crazy person, and the girl that just disappeared that he's trying to explain he may disappear with a camera, we got to deal with that, kid. We're shutting you off. I was like, you literally have the power to take a picture of something and show it to an adult and go, look what I just – look at this. It's it's a fucked up picture. I just it's true. Saw. The most frustrating part is that every time he tries to talk to someone of authority, he doesn't say – like, finish the sentence. Say – this camera is showing me what happened to the body. Right. He's going, this photograph. And they're like, not, not right now. Not this photograph. But this photograph. Like, he just yeah. continue the sentence. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, it, oh God, that would be jumping back. Sorry. No, no, no. Well, no, no, no. Something, something I, must go for it. I would like to jump. If you want to go to the end, the ending of this book. Yeah. If there's, if there's anything we missed, please hit it. I, I uh, like. Well, Sherry obviously being like, okay, I get that this camera uh predicted bird's uh head injury which hopefully shortened his life Uh, (laughs) by the way by the way people are watching bird's little league game and they boo they boo (laughs) and then some start leaving and i'm like nobody goes to a little league game unless they're parents so i don't know what asshole showed up that day but uh uh, but but sherry's first thing she wants to do with the camera after they realize all these things is that she says to bring it to the party and we'll have fun with it. We'll have fun with it. We'll take death pictures for my party. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll just kill if each other. If you had set up that these kids were like goth kids, actually, I could totally spell, sell that. That would actually right. be a they, fun had cut-offs. they had cutoffs. They had cutoffs. They had cutoffs, indeed. I, I, Sherry, Sherry wore some br- some pretty bright clothing, so I'm not taking her for a goth. Some some much more fun concepts for this book, if, they, if you could have done with it, was once you realize you have this death camera, doing experiments, uh, Making these kids be even more dark and having yeah. them do stuff where, like, I'm going to take out my enemies with this camera. Then it becomes, well, the, like, de- Death Note. It becomes yeah, an anime see, Death Note. Exactly. They had the they had the bullies. They should have done something with the bullies. And they we'll get to the end of it. But with the bullies, like, they should have, like, had them torture them. They run away. And then they fuck with the, with the bullies with it. And then they see the right repercussions of it. And maybe one of the bullies gets, like, seriously injured. And then they feel extreme guilt for what they did. You know, they could have played with that. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to um, pitch the ending to it. Oh, go ahead, Paul. 
Well, I loved when the bullies showed up. There's this one line that just cracked me up. Uh, I just love when he writes a line like this. There was a rumor around school that Mickey had once beaten up a kid so badly that the kid was crippled for life. And I was just like, <laughs> I was just like damn, that kid's hard as fuck. Would have gone to jail. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I love that uh, a trope in these, in these stories is suddenly bullies. <laughs> <laughs> suddenly bullies wearing Metallica shirts show up. I, I'm going to pitch a better end to this book. Is you let okay. these kids... Be just heinous. They're they're ruining people's lives. They're taking out bullies, and then they start escalating. When they're taking out people they don't like, and it's just really just like this fun like escalation of a dark power, which is a yeah. pretty standard trope in kind of like a horror or a fantasy story. And then let them have their own hubris, like unwind them, where like they're trying to take one more photo of someone, and then the accident takes a photo of himself in the mirror or something like that. Yeah. Like, it's like oh shit, now he died. Like just something like that would be a little bit more fun than just. We took the camera back and found out it was a dark magic camera. Yeah, like like well, do it to your, well, kind of what he did with with um, Sherry eventually was he he took the picture of her and she disappeared. It would have been cool if in your situation, your scenario that you just laid out, that happened by accident, and then he made his friend yes. disappear, and then they had to suffer the consequences of their hubris, like you said. Yeah, I I, uh, I wanted to hit the end only because the differences in where this came from is so interesting. In that, so when they get back, uh, actually. I'll, uh, let me when you guys finish how the ending goes. Paul, uh, do you want to describe how it ends? Okay, so uh, after they uh, mess with the camera a, b- a bunch and they try, they decide they got to take it back. Sherry disappears at one point during her party because they're taking the pictures. She disappears for days, right? Uh, and then uh, Greg rips up the picture and she and she reappears magically after he rips up the picture. Which is oh, I hated. I hated that. That was it the was for it. it was yeah. That was a very like okay. We got to close this thing up. I got to wrap <laughs> this thing up now. So. Uh, because he knew what he had to do, and he ripped up the picture. He knew what he had to do. Uh, so he he's he does that, and he realizes – suddenly that makes him realize he has to take the camera back. So they take it back to the house, and it's him and Sherry. They, they break into the house. They're going downstairs. Spidey's there. They put, or they, Sorry, they put the camera back. Spidey shows up. They have the confrontation with Spidey. And then uh, you know, he, he web-slings them. He web-slings them. Mm-hmm. Literally web-slings them. <laughs> uh and then uh, traps them in the basement and gets the camera out and is like explains to them, lays out the whole master plan of the of the camera, which he didn't have to do. And when he does that, realizes, oh, I told these kids too much. Now they have to stay here forever. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's such a weird like. So this is what I wanted to get to is I don't understand Spidey's game plan at all here. No, not in not one bit. If if he thought there was like more work to be done on the camera or like. If he thought he was trying to find a way to like bring his friend back or something, like someone, if he had lost someone to the camera, I could see a reason to have like a I got to preserve it. But he he's just an evil guy guarding an evil camera and then telling the plot of that to children, <laughs> uh-huh. to children. Uh-huh. and then hopefully hopefully they like Hungry Man because that's what they'll be eating from now on. Yeah, yeah, he wants to keep them there forever, which would be a fun sitcom. You know what you could do instead, Spidey? Take a picture of them. Exactly. Go, See ya. That's well, actually that's actually way, dude. I'm sorry. Not to be on my own on jump on my own dick about uh, cool story <laughs> ideas. If he had taken a picture of them and just said, "I'm not going to show you what happens on the camera," and pushed them out the door, and that was the end of the book. How fucking terrifying! Yeah, that would be, be, cool. be awesome. That would yeah. be well, great. Well, here's the great thing about this: the end of this book. Uh, Sherry murders a man <laughs> by taking a picture of him. The kids murder a guy because they take a picture of him. He dies from fright because they take a picture of him. 
And then they leave the body in the basement. <laughs> and then they call the cops and tell them that the body was down there. <laughs> because they if you kill murdered. someone, if you kill someone, you can just call the cops and be like, hey, clean up at the uh, abandoned house. Be like, oh, thanks for the heads up. Nobody liked him, so no charges. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that guy just chased children around. So it's good that he's just randomly dead in the basement. That guy died. She murdered him. And the kids were okay with it. <laughs> That's true. I wish it had actually been more of a, as far as so many Goosebumps books, especially ones down the line, love to have a terrible thing happen to the main character, even when they didn't do anything wrong. Yeah. It's weird that so many of these characters escaped pretty scot-free in this one. That's, that's very strange. Also, it's, why didn't Bird kill Spider? <laughs> oh, just like to make it feel better for vengeance or something? Just just for, just because spider, birds do eat spiders. Oh, <laughs> my God. I hadn't thought about the metaphor. Come the on. Deep, Let's the deep, the deep get it together poetry. here, R.L. I wanna... he, focused, he focused too much on the colors thing, man. That was his problem. He should have been focusing on the naming conventions he came up with. So to explain, the reason why I thought this was the best one was just because fucked up shit happens to the kids, at least for temporarily or for longer. I mean, like, Bird gets Bird gets physically harmed pretty bad. Yeah. And that made me feel good. But <laughs> at least that idea and the concept of, like, is this photo causing it or not is a lot more fun than just, this monster blood's coming out of the bucket. Oh, no. Very, very true. This was the, the scariest uh, actual threat, I'd yeah, say. Yeah, more, much, much more thrilling. A bad guy kept showing up very Scooby-Doo-esque. Yeah. So I bring this up. And how much I liked this one, just to bring it down, I don't know if you guys did any uh, reading on the Say Cheese and Die uh, inspiration for. No. R.L. Stein basically just stole this story from another story. Did he really? Uh, Say Cheese and Die uh, was admitted to be inspiration from the Twilight Zone, admitted to be inspiration from the Twilight Zone episode called A Most Unusual Camera. Which has the exact same setup, basically. It's not oh, kids, wow. but it follows like mobsters who, oh, who, yeah, yeah. who steal a weird camera. I've seen this episode. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And the camera like reveals things that are going to happen to them, and they undo each other. And so he basically admitted that he loved this and got the plot idea from that. There's also an "Are You Afraid of the Dark" episode. So we have to figure out timeline wise which we one do. came first. Uh, called "The Tale of the Curious Camera." Which also has a story about a camera that you point at kids and it reveals terrible things are going to happen to them. So either Are You Afraid of the Dark plagiarized from Goosebumps or Goosebumps also plagiarized from this. I'm looking it up right now. Yeah. So if we do math, Are You Afraid of the Dark was like what? Like uh, Not, this, this book was 1992. I looked it up because of the Dolphins thing. Because I was like, were the oh, Dolphins nice. really popular at this time? They were. So Are You Afraid of the Dark came out and started in the 1990s. So I don't know when this ep- – this episode was 1994. They stole it from Goosebumps. Oh, god damn it. They did. God damn Are You Afraid of the Dark. Still, there is a pervasive trend of I shouldn't have looked it up. Edit that Magical part out. Camera. No, you no. This say is whatever, good. Whatever the hell you want to say. I, right I want us to be accurate. It's just okay. interesting to know that this entire – the fun part of this idea really just comes from the Twilight Zone. Yeah. Okay, well, well, I, I, a show that did it actually pretty well. That actual episode's pretty good. Uh, I I want the audience to know that I'm morally bankrupt enough to uh, to edit this podcast to make us sound. <laughs> yeah, but Paul Paul is willing to do whatever it takes to further drive R.L. Stein's uh, David to the ground. I think also where the mentioning is, I did not watch the episode, but after a few fans uh, sent it our way on the Goosebumps Reddit page I didn't know existed until this week, which, which is, is pretty awesome. Our Goosebuds. Our Goosebuds, yeah. So we're actually going to start sending a lot of stuff that way. Uh, mentioning that the main character in the TV episode is played by one Ryan Gosling. Oh. Whoa, what? 
Uh, yeah, young Ryan Gosling, full on '90s blonde hair, like Jonathan Taylor Thomas haircut, and that... say cheese and die. Fantastic. Uh, n- not only that, the camera for Say Cheese and Die is fucking bonkers. What the fuck? It looks like a spaceship. So, so we're going to have to put the picture on the subreddit. <laughs> Paul, I will send you a link to it. Please right send now. it right now. I want to see uh, it. I'll cut this part uh, Just go to 813 uh, in the. How do I do this? Uh, actually, yeah, do, uh, do a tick screenshot. Hit um, Apple Shift 4. Oh, Apple Shift 4. That. Yeah. And then Apple you can just 4. drop that right into. Yeah. Uh, Skype. Okay. Oh, I want to see this thing. So, when are we going to start doing that? When are we going to start uh, bringing the? Ep- are we going to do the tele? Are we going to do the television show uh, as like companion pieces at some point? Or are we going to ever offset? You know, I was thinking about doing. Uh, let's see. Oh, sorry, one second, Paul. Uh, there we go. Drop it right in. Actually, I was going to talk to you guys about that. I'm sending it to you via Skype right now. You know, this is what we could figure out. I would actually would love to either do companion ones. I was just cross checking. I didn't have to obviously win because I'll watch that as well. We also always like trade off or find certain ones, just so especially for our schedule. Yeah, we could always just do it as like you know trade offs or like uh, sometimes just do episodes of the TV show. I'd like to talk. We could totally talk about it and find something. Yeah, uh, but we this, definitely need to this, address the TV show at some point. This camera looks like an alien's luggage. <laughs> <laughs> so I think what they took my mind was they definitely play up the whole like scientist angle when you go to it. There's a lot of. Uh, like, he's in a full-on, like, dumb lab coat. So I think uh-huh. what they thought was, oh, they're scientists, so they made a crazy high-tech device that's also evil. Right. But it's way more scary if it's a seemingly, like, normal camera, right? Like, yeah. if, it, if it looks like a Polaroid camera, it just happens to have a devil chip in it or whatever. Well, yeah, exa- I, I definitely agree with that. Because it's like, because anyone could find it, and it could be any camera could be the camera, you know? Like, and it, it's not going to stand out, and it could fall into the wrong hands like it did in this uh we definitely know what this camera looks like because he wrote about it for eight pages remember when they were at bird's game <laughs> at bird's game literally he hands it to share he sherry goes oh isn't there a place where the polaroid where the film goes in he looks for it he goes i can't find it and sherry goes well it must be on there and she takes it and she looks for it and she's like i can't find it and he's like and then he she hands it back to him and she goes are you sure it's not on there And he goes i can't find it and then sherry takes it again and goes i can't find it they fucking <laughs> hand it back and forth four times. I was sitting there. And I was like, "What's happening to me right now? Did I like? Am I? Am I? Did I just like have like a moment where my brain just flipped back four pages? Did I just read this? It was insane. Here, it was insane. Here's, here's something. I just one last thing I want to bring up about this is something that bothered me in a similar sense, and that is they find the camera in a secret compartment, right? Sure. And then the kid gets home and he goes. Oh, I got to hide this camera from my mom. Yes. yes. Uh-huh. And, you know, can't put it on the bed because mom will find it. And I can't just have crazy things in my house because moms will question it. <laughs> yeah. But, so then he remembers that he has a secret compartment in his <laughs> headboard. What yeah. fucking kind of bed does this kid have? <laughs> that was my first problem with that scene. I remember writing this down. I have a hard time believing that a teenage boy doesn't have a place to hide things from his mom in his yeah. bedroom. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he's scrambling around. <laughs> well, and, then he was, and then he was like, oh, yeah, my tit hider. I got to put it in there. <laughs> <laughs> that's definitely like his stash for like hardcore drugs and pornography. Yeah, that's that's where he puts Soon, his titty pictures. After the camera. After he gets scared by the camera, he wants to enjoy, enjoy everything about life. Yeah, Which absolutely. is drugs and hardcore porn. Absolutely. Hey, that was something that was missing from this book. Arl Stein didn't use his powers of explaining tit at all. 
<laughs> what? <laughs> Wait, I don't understand. Remember at the beginning we of last when we discussed him being a porn writer? Oh, oh that's right. right. Yeah. He didn't use his porn yeah. skills at all. You know, for this I, he's got to use him some point. <laughs> we were, we were, we were slandering his name. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, how, how do you guys feel overall about this book? Oh, look, I, like I said, this in the text message I sent you, I felt that this one was ninety percent boring. With a ten percent insanity, with murder at the end, so <laughs> it it goes from real boring, like a lot of uh, repetitive, st- a lot of repetitive actions, to complete bonkers insanity. So I didn't like this one that much until the end. Uh, I I liked this one the most so far, along with I think Chad, you said that right. Why do you, you like this one? This, but this one was the, your favorite one so I, far. I enjoyed it. I, I, Welcome to Dead House was fun just because of how many crazy things are in it. But yeah. so far, I've enjoyed this one the most out of the out of the out of the four. I felt it was the most thrilling, but also the most confusing. And and then the characters were the worst. I think the, in in the Goosebumps books that we've read. There, these characters have been the least likable uh, by far. Yeah, and which I think you could have rewarded if you had had them be punished. So they're more these more just like yeah uh, standard standard characters for you to like kind of like learn a lesson from. Right. Then it'd be okay. But I feel like you, he, he wanted us to root for them a little bit, and I think it's also the fact that we always keep talking about Arlstein just keeps going so so crazy. Like there's yeah. always like, a nuts part to it where he's like, just dial back, dial back a little. Sorry. Just dial back a little bit, and you're totally fine, mm-hmm. right? Well, uh, yeah, I think he was really banking off of us, uh, kind of like, uh, I guess, getting into their friendship because they would always joke with each other and make fun of each other, and I think their friendship was supposed to bond them together for us. Never happened because, like we said, <laughs> because there was just not a realistic like friendship. Like, like they would joke with each other, and they'd like Bird would say some shitty shit to Michael like all the time, like make fun of his shirt. And 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 Michael would be like, "Haha, you're right, Bird. That's a, you made fun of me." And it's like, "That's not how it fucking works." You fuck. He hits that kid, and then they go home and they hate each other for a week, and then they get back together and they're like, "Well, we're both fucking dorks, so we'll be friends together still, I guess." <laughs> yeah, there ain't shit to do around here, so yeah. I guess we'll be shitty to each other. <laughs> yeah. There was one thing I wanted to check, and thing I'm looking forward to. I believe there's multiple sequels to Say Cheese and Die. There's, I think one, there's, there's at least one. There's at least Say Cheese and Die again, again. which is the yeah. which is the worst probably sequel title. Yeah. Uh, but on the Goosebumps subreddit, we had a few people discussing the book ahead of time. Uh, by the way, thank you guys for doing that. Uh, and one of the characters on the subreddit, a guy or a girl named Spivzy, said that this book scared him as a kid or one of the sequels because one of the photographs is about a kid having a nail go through his foot, Ooh. which is super barbaric for a Goosebumps book. I don't think that yeah. happened in this one. Well, that's means- – yeah, that's something that was happening on this – like with like the death at the end and uh, the dad getting in an accident. Like this one got surprisingly violent. For for like a a, a children's book, I was. I, had, really I think that's what I liked is the heaviness of it. I had yeah. that happen to me. You had a foot. Go, you had a nail go through your foot. Go go into my foot. Oh my god! It's that's horrible. That's horrible. Yeah. How was you just walk? Was what's the situation? I was just walking around this piece of furniture that my parents wanted to throw out, but it didn't make its way to the curb yet. <laughs> so we were fucking it up with hammers because there wasn't <laughs> shit to do. Sure. You were, the, you were the kids in this book. Yeah, I was barefoot <laughs> and I stepped on a goddamn nail. You deserved it. You were being a little jerk. Yeah, and I learned my lesson that day. <laughs> I, I, I hope you handled a little bit better than uh, a kid I went to summer camp with hated him. It's one of those like, stay away, from, stay <laughs> stay all summer at this camp and you, you won't see your parents. This, in the second week of the entire summer, somehow he was out on the lake and stepped on a nail in the bed floor of the lake. 
Oh, and it went all the way God. through his foot. Oh. Obviously, it was obviously had a big thing where like it went through his foot and he had to have it wrapped up. He was now healing from it, but he was the kid for the entire time I was at camp. He would not stop talking about the nail that went through his foot. Imagine, <laughs> imagine a kid whose personality for an entire summer is a nail went through my foot. That was pretty crazy, right? <laughs> oh, want to trade M M&M and M CDs? He wanted to trade his M M&M and M CDs all the time. Oh, he was. Oh, so he was healing up, listening to some M M&M, and being like, <laughs> yeah, "I'm going to get back in that lake." He was just like, <laughs> I got, "He was just like, I got to lose, lose myself in the music, man. That's just what, it's what's got to happen. That's how I'm going to get over this thing." <laughs> Fuck you nails, know? nails ain't shit. I'm going to get back in that lake <laughs> after I do some Viking. Uh, I wanted to ask a question for you guys. I was thinking about this while I read, uh, and this is for a moment of introspection. Sure. What would your terrifying photo of you? be if it was, if the camera took a photo of you uh, what would it depict what would be your most ultimate nightmare uh surrounded by teenagers being bullied <laughs> <laughs> teenagers are scary to me so that's why i kind of like this oh thing. oh i thought <laughs> okay i misheard that or misinterpreted okay. that because i thought you said surrounded by teenagers that were being bullied by other people and you were just like witnessing it you were like oh my this is just t- i remember I that point in my seeing life. this hardship for kids <laughs> no i hate them yeah, oh, dude, groups of kids are the scary. I live in Philadelphia, so when I, when <laughs> anytime, I see a, a group of five or, or six children walking down the street, I hide wherever I can. And if they're laughing, then they're super scary because that's like the death. That's the death rattle. Yeah, it's coming yeah. for you. Oh, see, my my fear is when I see kids laughing, they're looking at me like they're laughing at me. Oh what yeah, they're always they, laughing. What are they laughing right? about? Yeah, yeah, they're laughing. They're laughing at your. Yeah, they're laughing at your super, your future super busted up face you're going to have when they <laughs> fuck you up. Paul, what would be yours? Oh, uh, uh, living doll, without a doubt. <laughs> Wait, are you a living doll, or is it just a doll behind you every? Either at? one would be horrifying. Okay, I, that's because. Well, you know but, we have a uh, Night of the Living Dummy coming up. Uh, I, I'll I'll say this: never read that one as a kid. Was too scared because I was scared of living dummies. Oh, so you knew it was you knew it was going to be a messed up. Well, you know, I think at a certain point I got, I was like, I just didn't read it. Like, I just didn't have that one and I just didn't read it. But like when, it, when they first came out before I read any Goosebumps, I thought they were really, like, I thought they actually were scary because, you know, like you don't know about what's actually in them. The covers are kind of spooky. So that one was out and I was like, oh, I'm never reading that one because I hate dolls that are alive and kill people. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to read that one. Well, you're a couple episodes away, buddy. It's up, it's book number seven. I'm excited to, I'm excited to visit it now. I want it. It's probably the most iconic. Bring it on. <laughs> What would be your your nightmare scenario? See, mine would be like uh, choking on uh, a really embarrassing food, like like a really <laughs> gratuitous like. Oh, this guy made like a whole like a whole roll of cookie doughs and just ate it as is. <laughs> but choking on it uh, alone in your apartment so That's, no one can help you. Yeah, yeah. While you had like a bunch of embarrassing porn downloading on your computer, <laughs> so yeah. just, not only you know you're going to die, but you know that like everyone's going to judge you super hard. When yeah, you yeah. That, uh, that was always one of my big fears. Was like, and I think about it every time I'm eating and I'm home alone. I'm like, I could die right now, and then someone would find my body, and I would just be like a stupid idiot who choked on his food. <laughs> and like, and like, I always thought about that because I used to have to. My old computer like had like a loose cable like the uh speaker cable would always come out in the back and it would be like and like buzz so i'd have to always go like down under my desk and like reach behind and like plug it back in and i would tell my girlfriend i'd be like one day you're gonna find me just dead and it's because i shocked myself behind the computer and died back there and i and i'd always (laughs) imagine that and be like that's gonna be the the dumbest i have to look like the dumbest idiot when they find me just like laying back there like Oh, this this idiot just shocked himself, or this idiot just choked on his on his hungry man dinner by himself. 
<laughs> Did you know that when police find your body, they say, so first they're like, okay, what happened here? And what this guy died from? And be like, okay, electric shock. And be like, all right, all right, let's uh, gather up the hard drives and see what weird porn this guy likes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, they sit down on the computer like, ooh, let's check the browser history. All right. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. I'm sure all the time they go, oh, my God, saving this. <laughs> like, hey, can I get a copy of that drive? <laughs> Uh, guys, I feel like we should uh, wrap up the, the bulk of Goosebumps uh, episode four here. Do you guys have any major thoughts left about Say Cheese and Die? I never read it as a kid. I, this, the cover was always awesome because it's the skeletons having a barbecue, and I'm like, that's cool. Yeah, there's no barbecue yeah, in this barbecue one. There's no well, he, barbecue. He has, he has the dream about it, though. That's true. They do set this up also in the TV show. That does happen. Mm. There is the barbecue. Oh, the but, barbecue actually happens. Oh, Ryan Gosling has a vision of his like family turning into skeletons. So they they obviously worked the story to get to the barbecue, but it's probably one of the most iconic Goosebumps covers. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. It was it was very boring up until the end for me. I, I I can see what you're saying about it being thrilling, but for me it was it was just really like the kids were just such a drag that it sucked. But it ended in murder. Until the next one ends in murder, this one's got this one's got my approval. I, I'd like to just uh, add some. Uh, uh, some context here. Paul is reading Moby Dick, and uh, he's loving it. And that's a thick, dense book. Wow. He's having a great time. I Good job, Paul. Uh, but, but Goosebumps, a book that's like, it takes about an hour to read. <laughs> Paul is painfully bored. <laughs> How did he do that? I, I hope that you're reading Moby Dick and walking through public areas with both Moby Dick and Goosebumps. And Goosebumps under the <laughs> other arm. Yeah, I was thinking about that the other day. I was like, man, I'm reading like some pretty heavy literature, and this is a uh, this isn't challenging me like that. Not this isn't quite challenging. It's a different kind of challenge. I, I went out reading in public with Moby Dick, but inside was Goosebumps, <laughs> like I'm reading a bad magazine or something. For, for yeah. those of you who've been reading along, I know a few of you have, uh, which is awesome. Uh, I hope you're reading it in public. I hope you're like loud and proud. When I ride the subway in LA, I am just goosebump book out in the front. That's Little kids fantastic. snickering and pouring at me. It feels great. That's great. Uh, I, I will also say I was super – man, I was so excited for this book to set the tone. It's like, okay, these books are going to start ramping up. This is like a dark, crazy idea. If it had not been also borrowed from a Twilight Zone episode, right? I would have been more psyched. So now I'm a little bit more hesitant to see what's coming up. Next one is Curse of the Mummy, Curse of the Mummy's Tomb. This one, oh god, sorry, I don't remember anything about Curse of the Mummy's Tomb. Me it either. Could be the most standard one. Uh, I've recently saw the end of the episode uh, on, like, I don't know, one of those one of those channels that plays the the reruns, but um, it didn't seem to make much sense. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> the bar is low for the book. <laughs> okay. I think that uh, I think this was the first one that R.L. Stein wrote where he was just like, I just got to write this fucker and I'm going to get a lot of money. So he was just like, <laughs> so like, because he, he writes in the middle of it. He's like, ah, that new car smell. And in my head, I was like, that's just him imagining with the fucking check that he's getting from this, the car smell when he sits in his new car. That was <laughs> his new car. And the most horrifying thing was, well, what if it got damaged? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just that, that it's, he probably wrote the book. While doing all of his other stuff, riding his new car, and he just that was in his thoughts, and he just fucking. Wrote. Do you think he names his new cars after books that paid for? Like that, there's Monster Blood. Yeah, that's oh, Monster yeah. Blood. That's a monster truck that he has. Hopefully. I just, I just imagine this scene from R. L. Stein's life in 1992. He's staring out the window, the morning, uh, in the morning, drinking his coffee, looking at his blue Taurus, just staring at it, like you know, <laughs> he just bought, he just bought it the day before, and his wife's like. 
hey, honey, how's the new book coming? And he looks at it, and he's like, and he, and he imagines the scene in his head of it being smashed and destroyed, and he goes, scariest one I've ever written. <laughs> and just drinks his coffee and just looking at it, oh, I think this is my scariest work. <laughs> All right, I think we should start wrapping it up there. Uh, can I mention again, uh, not only has it been so wonderful to see everyone, uh, if I can be super sappy for a moment, it's been so awesome to hear everyone uh, listen to the podcast especially when it was just on YouTube or on Podomatic, which, while a nice host, is not a place normally people go to listen to podcasts. Yeah. Uh, all your support's been awesome. We do actually now have the show on iTunes. Yes. So hopefully you're listening to it via there if that's easier for you. Um, if anything can help the show, it is you going to iTunes and leaving an awesome review of the show, or at least an average review of the show. <laughs> yeah. Any review will do. Any review will do. Any review will really do. I mean, like, try to keep it from one star, like, if you can. But anything helps. There's been a few awesome reviews so far. Uh, one from XXX. I'm going to say all of this. XXX420 okay. Blink 182 fans, 69XXX. <laughs> I don't even know what this means, but great for fans of syndication fantasy cast. If you love Chad, Paul's reverted boss, and a Muppet, listen to this podcast. So one of us is a Muppet, I guess? Uh, I don't I think know. that's me. You're not a Muppet. Uh, I think, well, I, I've, I've, uh, I've, I've, uh, I've said. In the past, that I have a muppety voice. And oh. that's something I—that's something I stand by. Okay, all right, that's okay. It's not a slam. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Was... And, and my perverted boss is from the Continue Cast. Uh, he was weird. Oh, that's right. That's right. Uh, other really good ones. This is for you specifically, Paul. Uh, Mitch S says, "If you want to listen to pure goosebump gold, you got to listen to this podcast. The guys are great, except Paul. Paul stole my cat. He was my best friend." And also paid for my rent. Now I'm homeless. Thanks, Paul. Paul, well, why'd you do that? Paul, why'd I'm, you do that? Because I fucking love that cat, dude. More than he does. <laughs> this one from Old Cheese says, The opposite of Hitler and Mussolini. What can be said about this podcast that hasn't already been said about George Michael's careless whispers? Smooth, sensual, erotic. All things even the most timid lover would say about the delicate ear porn of Dom, Paul, and Chad's voices. Download this podcast and never look back. Oh, and sorry about your moistened loins in advance. Yeah, we're uh, real, real sorry about that. These are all great. These are all great uh, reviews. And everyone else, uh, Trevor Cop, Dan Phillips, MK Zavader, tons of other people uh, discussing and reviewing the stuff on iTunes is super appreciated. I know a lot of people are like, I don't have an iTunes account. Just make one up. Just make one up. Just yeah. make one up. It takes a couple seconds. We'll appreciate it if you do it. So and if it, not, we'll be sad. And it generally does help the podcast uh, be discovered by new people on iTunes. It helps them iTunes decide to actually recommend this crazy show. Yeah. Uh, and again, uh, please go check out the uh, Goosebud subreddit. It was created by uh, one Sloppa Joe. Thank you very much for making that. I see people are starting to discuss the book. We definitely read that. I would not have known that uh, Ryan Gosling was in the episode unless someone had mentioned it. So thank you for pointing that out. And we wouldn't add that cool story about the kid at your camp that stepped on the nail. That was an awesome story. That's true. Mm-hmm. That's true. We also mm-hmm. would have known that people just step on nails all the time. Yeah. Uh, if you are reading along and you're going to read the next book, which is Curse of the Mummy's Tomb, uh, there appear to be some pre-discussions on the subreddit. So if you want to join in other listeners on the conversation of the actual books, you can actually do that. And uh, uh, there seems to be some fun discussions going on. Seems to be. I say seems, seems to be because... To be. No, it's I'm... happened. I checked it out. <laughs> <laughs> hey, and we all use Reddit, so you never know. Maybe we'll be able to drop in and chat with you guys about it, too. So Again, that's Reddit.com slash r slash Goosebuds. Pretty easy to remember. Uh, we love all your input. And, of course, we're on Twitter at GoosebudsPod. Uh, you can follow all of us on Twitter. If you're not, uh, I'm at Quantum Theory. I'm, sure I'm I am at Dom Mosquiti, and you'll just gonna have to figure that one out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, and I'm at Paul Ritchie, and you're going to spell my last name wrong if you don't know it. So. Just go follow Goosebuds, I guess. That's good. I think all our names are on there. You can click around. Yeah, you can click around. It. Hey, before I forget, Paul, I came up with a voicemail for you. Oh, yeah, I heard it. Oh, I heard it. What? Yeah, yeah. Go I heard this. it. I heard it, but I want to hear it again because it's yeah, that good. Because this is Richie, Paul Richie's <laughs> mail. If you want to leave a message, you can do so after the beep. <laughs> I think that's how it went. It was that, and it's going to be that. <laughs> it's also going to be mine Richie. now? It's going to be my voicemail? Because <laughs> this is Chad's phone. Leave a message. <laughs> that's it. That's good. Everyone else is jealous you don't have it. Uh, guys, I think we should end it there. Thank you so much for listening. Look forward to Curse of the Mummy coming up next. Love you guys. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. We'll see you. Bye. <laughs> Bye.